Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly podcast where we get together to discuss all the news, rumors, and discussions going on in the gaming world. I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined as always by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical. This week's episode, we're going to be diving deep into the Nintendo Direct that happened last week. We're also going to be talking about PlayStation Now and whether PS5 games will be coming to the service. And we're going to be coming to you live with an untimely review for Hades. If you like that, you can always find us on YouTube uh, by searching for Pixel Play Podcast, Pixel Play all one word, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to be part of the conversation, do not hesitate to send us an email. You can email us at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com with your questions or concerns. We're happy to read them and discuss them on the air. Or you can reach us more instantaneously by searching for us on Twitter or Instagram by searching pixelplaycast. We also have a Discord where you can come in and chat with us and all of our fans as we discuss everything that's going on throughout the week. But with that, let's get right into it. Adam, how are you doing this week? I am doing fantastic. No lag on my end whatsoever, because to pull the curtain back, as I always do on this show, this is my direct webcam feed. We're coming off of Discord on your end, and Discord hates you, apparently. Yeah, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching the uh, the video version, uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, my internet is absolutely terrible at my house. I've got too many devices running my internet, apparently, for what I have. Too, too much Bitcoin live. farming, I'm telling you. I tell you, I can tell you, I'm not seeing any of that profit payout yet. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, you know, getting Wi-Fi from a basement, coming to you live from my basement. So, uh, you know, you pay the price in terms of bandwidth. However, I think the audio is coming in great. So if you are an audio listener, do not worry. This isn't going to affect you. You can still hear our sultry voices without lag. And just remember, he, if anything happens now, it's his fault. He said it. <laughs> yeah, I jinxed it. So, uh, Adam, let's just jump into probably what is the biggest news of the week uh the nintendo direct that occurred back uh on the 23rd of september um this is probably one of the larger things that we've heard from nintendo since e3 uh overall what was your impression as i say with any of the ones that are done for consoles that i do not own my question always comes did you do anything to make me want to buy your console the answer like most nintendo directs is no But I also will admit that there is definitely some cool stuff in here that if you are an already established Nintendo user, you've probably got a couple of things to look forward to now. So they at least did their job for their audience. They just didn't do much for for somebody trying to still get into it. Yeah, I think you nailed the nailed uh, hit the nail on the head. It's not going to push the needle for anyone who's not a Switch owner. Um, But for those who are uh, and who are interested in the ecosystem, there is some stuff there. But yeah, I was a little underwhelmed in terms of the games that were shown. It's not it's nothing even as a Switch owner myself, it wasn't anything that kind of made me want to go out and buy a Switch. Uh so I figure we can kind of just go quickly through them and if we have anything to kind of discuss, uh we can talk about that. I'm not going to go through everything, but just some of the highlights. Uh so they started off talking about Monster Hunter Rise um and so they said Monster Hunter Rise is getting substantial d- DLC. It's called Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Uh, we don't know too much right now, but it is coming out in summer of 2022. Uh, are you a Monster Hunter fan at all? Uh, at least the last one that came up for every console, Monster Hunter World, I did play a bunch of, and it was really, really fun. So I'm happy to see like more Monster Hunter content coming out. I'm just mad that I can't play any of it. Uh 
Goddamn Nintendo takes all the good stuff away from me. Well, I mean, there's still the Monster Hunter worlds for. PS4. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're they're not putting cool content like this trailer out there. I'm not getting to fight in some crazy purpley world or anything in Monster Hunter World. I just have to go back and fight the same stuff again. That's that's true. I do have a friend that wants to go because he has PlayStation Five, so it, it's in the PlayStation collection, and he keeps mm-hmm. wanting to go play it. And I'm like, dude, you tell me, you tell me when you want to do that, and I will friggin' play that. I, I would love to go back in and go through that all over again. And and, and mo- I was about to say teach people. I wasn't that great at the game, so I'll probably just get my ass handed to me just as much as the next guy. But mm-hmm. yeah, I never got into it. I've heard it's a rabbit hole you can go down and I don't have the time. It's probably the level of like really hard games that I can handle before it gets like too much. Like Dark Souls is way up there. Monster Hunter World is kind of like a little bit underneath it. It's like manageable. Yeah. Uh, they mentioned that Disco Elysium, the final cut, is coming to Switch. Uh, did you ever play Disco Elysium? I'm still waiting for a good price on Steam. That's been my big one. Yeah, that's one of those ones I hear nothing but great things about. I, I hear it's an amazing RPG. Uh, sort of in the, the original Fallout line where, you know, basically there's a ton of different ways of approaching a problem. It's not just, are you stealthing or shooting? Like, you're still shooting a gun. Like, I've heard it. it's really neat in how it works. So I'm ex- interested in trying that. Um, but yeah. I, I, once again, I don't know if the Switch is where I'm going to play Disco Elysium. No offense. I mean, um, if, if if it has cross-save, I mean, it always works out nicely, too, because, I mean, if you can take it from your Switch to, like, your PC and then whatever else, like, that's kind of the applicability of the Switch to begin with anyway, is being able to play stuff that you'd normally play somewhere else, just, like, lying in bed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they announced that there is some DLC for Hyrule Warriors, Asia Calamity. This is going to be called Guardian of Remen- uh, Re- excuse me, Guardian of Remembrance, expanding on the story of the original title with characters, cutscenes, and plenty of other new content. Okay, nothing there. That's more. I don't know if Hyrule Warriors ever really caught on. Like, it does for the very small amount of people that are into the Dynasty Warriors games, because that's essentially what it is. Same goes with um, what was it, Fire Emblem? Was it Fire Emblem Warriors or something else? Or and then I know they did a Dragon Quest one, too. It, it just comes down to, like, if you love your hack and slashes, like, there's that niche that will just forever mm. stick with it. And most people on the outside are really like, eh, I played it for a couple hours, it was fun, and then it got boring. Yeah. I feel like that's that's a thing of Nintendo games, is, like, a lot of them are just, they're niche games. Like, they don't have that broad appeal that brings everyone in. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so... <laughs> They teased a tease that the next a uh, the next Super Smash Bros. character is going to be announced. The last one. So announcement on announcement. Man, they've <laughs> got to actually make it good because if it ends up being like not that great, people are going to be so mad. Who do you think is going to be the last character for Smash Bros.? I mean, there, there there's two ways you can go with it. One's the the most like meme way possible, and finally get give it to Waluigi. Mm-hmm. But if they were talking like a big name, I'm trying to think of like what that would look like. Like if you want to end on something big, what would that actually be? Yeah, like what character is missing? Like most of the big ones that are not like exclusive to a certain like a certain uh, comp- competitor. It's it's not. I don't know what it is. Like See, I have to. Me, I, I, oh, I I just I was gonna say I have to think really outside the box if I was gonna come up with something that's that's missing, but. I think from I think um, if I were to guess the character 
I think it is going to be Waluigi. Like, he is such a big character to not have in the game. I, I, I've got five here, so I'm just looking at a, at a at an article on the Nerd Stash. Uh, here's five that they give, and you can tell me which one you think is going to the likelihood. So the first one, Chun Li from Street Fighter. Okay. What are you thinking, Adam? Oh, sorry. I I thought you were going to yeah. say the whole list. No, no. Yeah, we're going to go down and you say year nay. Uh, like it actually being them? Mm, yeah. No, I I wouldn't assume that one. That that one. It's it just doesn't have that same like intrinsic like holy shit value because they've already done Ryu. So. Yep. Uh, next is Lara Croft. It would be cool, but I don't think it's that. Okay. Third option. Crash from Crash Bandicoot. That would be a possibility. It's probably one of the more likely ones, so I would say like probable. At least yeah, put it on I the list. That, I, I don't I don't think be... it would be the right way. Like, if they're thinking big for a last one, I don't know if that's the one though. Oh dude, I think it's a huge one to do. It's a big F like a big like middle finger to Sony that you have what was arguably their rival to Mario during the N64 PlayStation era, and now he's on the Nintendo game. Yeah, but I don't particularly care about the business end of Nintendo just giving a middle finger. I care more about how the fans will react. And let's be honest, the fans aren't going to pop that much for Crash compared to like other things they've had. I I don't know. I think that one might be might be one of them. Uh, second option is Scorpion, which I don't think so. There's no goddamn way. Yeah. And then the number one is Waluigi, and that's who I think they're going to pick. I think with all the memes, with all the push that there's been for Waluigi, I think that he has to be in it. I, th- I think you guys are really sleeping on Lindis from Fire Emblem. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what they need to another Fire Emblem character. <laughs> now, what about something like, do you think they're going to get a, a, an Xbox mascot like, like um, Master Chief or something like that on there? I mean, it would be big. My brain just goes like, I feel like it would have to be something that's really close to Nintendo as like their last one, you know? Mm. That's kind of where my head's going. Like, they could just go like way off and just pull out something huge that isn't part of their of their property or part of their history. But like, I don't know. It's 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 a tough one because I mean, how many of the ones that we've had over the last like couple of years that if you told me we're going to be in Smash, I would have gone, are you kidding me? No. Steve from Minecraft is not going to be in Smash. And here we are. So what well, do I know? And, and that's the thing. Steve is technically a Microsoft exclusive character, technically. And he's in the game. So they've already done that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see on that one. Uh, coming back to it, they announced that this is another interesting one. They announced that KOTOR, Knights, Star Wars Knights of the Republic, is coming to the Switch on November 11th. I saw a post about it on Reddit because I didn't watch the direct live. And I went, yeah. I thought it was exclusive to PlayStation. And then I just see it's the original version. I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah. What an interesting choice putting the original KOTOR on God, Switch. Like, that trailer made that it age so poorly. Oh, my God. I love that game. Like, I have very fond memories of KOTOR. I am not playing the the original or even the enhanced thing on on the Switch. It doesn't hold up. Like it's an it's it's it, kind of yeah. It's a real it's testament a, though of like that's a big announcement for Switch, but that's the kind mm-hmm. of game it can handle. 
Uh, what else do we have? We had um, Kirby and uh, The Last of Us. Uh, the Last of Us Kirby. So <laughs> is that what we're calling it now? Is, yeah, that's what we're calling it now. Uh, the Last of Kirby. So basically, this is Kirby in a new adventure in the Forgotten Land, uh, and it arrives on Nintendo Switch in the spring. And so basically, this looks like a one where you're Kirby in basically in a post-apocalyptic scenario. Uh, and yeah, does this do anything for you? When I first saw the trailer, I was like, what the hell are they doing? Like, I not not because I'm like saying this is bad. I'm just saying, like, I where did this idea come from? Like, was somebody in the offices of Nintendo, like just in the middle of playing Last of Us and be like, man, I really like this world. You know, what would be great for it. Kirby, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, they went to they went to PlayStation be like, hey, are you guys interested in porting The Last of Us to Nintendo Switch? And PlayStation's like, no, who is this? And Nintendo's like, well, screw you. We'll make our own Last of Us with Kirby. Because nothing goes together like a child, like a children's game and a post-apocalyptic environment. I mean, it has a sense of like Kirby going the Mario Odyssey route, like in terms of how it how it runs. But like, I don't know. It looks it looks fine when I when I actually like not be an asshole about it. It, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. I'm just waiting now for uh, when the game inevitably comes out and every like reviewer under the sun complains that it's too easy because that's what well, Kirby that's games have always been. It's a Kirby game. Like who's expecting Kirby to be difficult? Like if you're coming in there, hoping it's like Dark Souls, get out of here. It's not. It's Kirby. It's like I, it's I, clearly it, a game that's kind of like designed for kids. Like I wouldn't expect that much out of it. I wouldn't. This isn't the 90s where like every game under the sun made for children was still stupid difficult because they cost a lot of money and we had to justify it. Yeah, exactly. Like this is it's it's Kirby. It's not designed for you know, 30 year old, you know, guys who play video games for the last 20, 25 years. Like it's it's it. I mean, certainly you can play it and have fun, but it's you're not the target audience for a Kirby game. I mean, it does look fun to kind of see him using all these powers and stuff. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the reason why they like the cynic in me is like the reason why they want the post apocalyptic is because it's an easy way to not have to put any any characters into the game. Like. I, I noticed this, and even when I was watching the Bayonet trailer, which we're going to get to in a second, how empty these games feel. Like, there's very few characters on the screen at any given time. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it looks cool. Like, it looks great. Oh, it looks uh, perfectly fine. They announced uh, Animal Crossing New Horizon is going to have a direct. Uh, they announced that in October. Um, we don't really know much about that, but expect more there. Uh, triangle strategy. So this is. Do you remember that game that they announced a little while ago? Yes, like I do. Triangle or whatever. Yeah. So they now are calling it Triangle Strategy, uh, and it has a date March 2022. Uh, and the team they've taken feedback from the demo released in early February, um, making improvements on gameplay elements such as the difficulty, camera, dialogue options, and more. Um, and they're utilizing utilizing the same HD 2.0 style that they had for Octopath Traveler. Uh, Adam, as the RPG weeb, what do you make of this game? How excited are you for Project or for Triangle Strategy? In the same vein that it hurts my feelings that I don't have a Switch because I so I can't play Fire Emblem. It this is the <laughs> other game right now that I'm like I am so upset that I cannot play this right now. Yeah, and I'll just hope that like Octopath Traveler comes to to PC and and other places down the road because I want to play this because it looks like Final Fantasy Tactics and I miss Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law loves this game, and and he said it's great. It has that very much early '90s RPG feel, and he loved it. So, once again, not my kind of game, but 
yeah, those who are into it love it. Um, skipping that for now, they talked about Castlevania Advance Collection. That's getting uh, that got revealed. So they're going to be bringing Castlevania, Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, uh, Area of Sorrows, and even the SNES um, title, Dracula X. Um, are you a Castlevania fan? I never really grew up with them, so I've, I'm trying to think if I've actually even like played one of the old ones when they were. St- I don't think I actually played any of the originals as like I owned those consoles. I think the only one I ever played on a console would have been i think it was one of the ps2 ones and it wasn't that great but like in terms of the originals like i haven't played any of the original ones in nes i haven't played uh the real special one symphony of the night i think it is on on playstation that's the popular one yeah yeah like i haven't played any of them castlevania is just one of those things that's kind of passed me by yeah uh they also mentioned that splatoon 3 is getting some dlc is it dlc or is it the actual new game uh, so they said, Splatoon, oh, sorry, yeah, Splatoon 3 finally got an update. Um, the story chapter for Splatoon 3 will be called Return to Mammalians? I don't know. Mammalians? Mammalians, I, I think it was. Whatever. Uh, hitting that, hinting that squids, octopus, and other fish won't be the only lifeforms inhabiting this world in the future. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a story gameplay for Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3 is like an awesome, like, that's an awesome new franchise from Nintendo. Like, I think it's really good that they made it. Like, if you think about it, there's not a lot of shooters for, for kids. Like, this is the only one I could think of that, like, if your parents aren't comfortable with you playing video games and using shooters and stuff, like, this is a pretty easy one to sell your parents on. Yeah, but we know they all play Call of Duty and Fortnite anyway, so. Oh, yeah. They're the kids that scream at me. So. I don't know. I've, oh, yeah. I've played a little bit of it. It's fun. It's It's one of those games that, like, it's... There is a part of me that refuses to play competitive games at all as much as possible now because I just turn into a person who doesn't like winning or doesn't mm-hmm. like losing. And it's just one of those things where like even Splatoon, which it looks just vibrant and cute and adorable and like fun at the same time. Yeah, when you're having a bad game, it's still a bad game. <laughs> but is that is that a you issue or is that a game issue? Uh, yes. All right. Fair <laughs> Uh, and then they announced uh, Bayonetta 3, so they finished off with the presentation there. Um, basically, it looks like more Bayonetta 3. Did you see the trailer for this one? I did. What did you think? I, I honestly couldn't care less to, at this point, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like Bayonetta was one of those weird games that got no traction, and then like Nintendo bought it for for nothing just because it, no one else was picking it up it doesn't do anything for me. Like it's, it's, it's a weird title and it's a weird series. Like it doesn't do anything for me. And like, once again, same with the, uh, the Kirby game. I feel like this, it felt very empty for, you know, what's supposed to be a more, I'm going to say like more realistic style game. And it felt empty. Like you're in the street and there's nobody there. There's nothing. And it's just you fighting a demon. Like, well, it's I mean, not... unless the game is is becoming more of an open world, that's not really what Bayonetta is anyway. It's kind of similar to just what God of War always was, where it's just you are just running around in these massive maps, just wrecking everything around you, and just pulling out these ridiculous point. combos. That's a very fair point, sir. You're, you're you're totally right there. I just it feels empty, and it like it feel it looks and feels very early two thousands. I mean, you you could also make the argument that the uh, the trailer they showed off like didn't really do anything that kind of makes you go like, oh man, this looks amazing. Like it was more just like, oh, it's Bayonetta again. Okay. Yeah. 
Like now, yeah, it really... now it just became oh, Bayonetta's got a uh, got pigtails now. Yeah. Just like she changes her hair every game now. It seems so. Super cute, looking fresh. But yeah, it didn't move the needle for me. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about some of the bigger stuff that happened with the Nintendo Direct. We got a announcement and some details on the upcoming Mario movie. So it is being made by Illumination, the guys who did Despicable Me. Uh, and we got our cast of characters. I don't uh, want to know anymore. I don't want to hear it. Have you not heard this? No, I've heard it. I don't I don't want to hear it again. Well, I mean, this is our professional duty, sir. Uh, no, we can we ignore it this one time? <laughs> no, no. We are professionals, sir. We're sticking to this. All right, well, I'm going to cringe uh, on screen for about a minute or so. <laughs> fair enough. So... They announced that they're they're releasing the Mario movie December twenty first, twenty twenty two, and here is who they have playing the characters. So playing Mario is Chris Pratt. Hey guys, it's me, Mario. Uh, and apparently Mario's gonna have a large talking role in this role in this movie. So it's I don't know what to expect. Charlie Day as Luigi, and for for context, I love Charlie Day. Charlie Day is awesome. I do not see him playing Luigi. Hey guys, it's me, Luigi. What's up? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, this is so weird. Uh, we've got Anya Taylor Joy playing Peach. Whatever, it's Peach. Like, she doesn't. Peach really is not that hard to, to to make a Peach voice is not for. Hard so. to do. Sound like a girl. That's basically it. Uh, Jack Black as Bowser. That seems fun. See, I think Jack Black as Bowser could totally work for that. Like. I'm thinking of him back in, um, what was that game? Was it Metal? Oh, Brutal Legend? Brutal Legends, that's what it was, yeah. Like, I could see him kind of going with that voice, but I don't know. Like, well, I mean, not gonna be his, his Brutal Legend voice is basically his voice. All of his voices are just his voice, so. Like, I, like I, could, Jack- I could see him doing, like, a really gravelly voice. It just, it's, just wouldn't be quite Jack Black, so it would be kind of weird. Yeah. Uh... Keegan Michael Key as Toad. I'm not gonna lie, this one made me laugh my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Was... <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. That was the point where I think I, I went, okay, I can't take you seriously anymore. <laughs> it's me, it's me, Donkey Kong. <laughs> like, I don't know how they're gonna do this. And yes, these are terrible impressions of these actors. So we're like, terrible cast choices. So I don't, I, I think it's fair. Yeah. And then. There's going to be Cranky Kong. So, like, the Kongs are in this movie. And then, I regret looking this up, but who the heck is Kamek? Kamek? K-A-M-E-K. I have no idea. Oh, Kamek is, like, the wizard from Mario. Like, the, the, wizard, like the wizard with the uh, glasses or whatever. Oh. Yeah, apparently that's Kamek, so... Uh, they're going to be played by Fred Armisen and Kevin Michael Richardson. So, I don't know. What do you, what do you make of this movie and these character choices? Can, can I ask one really important question? Yeah. If this is go, if this was going to be an animated movie, and you already have pre-established voices for these characters, who are still alive, by the way? Yeah, tr- and and I think Charles Martinet is actually going to be in he this is. movie. He is, yeah. So my question is, why aren't we using them? 
You know why? Because nobody knows who the hell he is, and he's not. His name doesn't seem Im- impressive on posters. Oh, if if you want my actual opinion on this, we know with absolute certainty with that cast list that this is nothing more than a cash grab. I have literally no plan to watch this unless the trailer completely changes my mind, which I have a hard time believing it will, because. All I see with that cast is a company that knows we can make a lot of money with this movie, but there are going to be a lot of people that aren't going to have any idea what this is. But if we attach a couple of really famous names to it, they'll think it must be a good movie. See, I can I can see like Jack Black and Seth Rogen. Like, I feel like those are guys who grew up playing video games and like they know the properties and they kind of know. But even then, you put Chris Pratt at the helm. And all of a sudden, people yeah. are like, oh, that's Star-Lord. I know him. He's from the Marvel franchise that my son likes. He's the, he's the dinosaur guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely, like, I feel like they're just, hey, who's big in Hollywood and is free right now? So, I don't know. I, I have hope. Like, I mean, these are all, I'm not trying to crap on these, on these actors. These are all fantastic actors. Oh, I'm not crapping on the actors. I'm crapping on the choice. Yeah. You, when you when you literally have voice actors already done for the it's it's not like they did a re, a live action movie this isn't Sonic the Hedgehog but at the same time like I I'm just in question of the larger you know making a Mario movie like Mario is not a game that I think of when I think of like a story driven like something that can drive a story well like, to be fair neither did Sonic and they ended up making a pretty decent movie out of it but so the question is is that do they just disregard a lot of the story and then just make a whole new story they can do whatever they want my brain's just going to be like i'm not going to be able to unhear chris pratt trying to do an italian accent i guess hey wahoo i'm just i'm sitting there being like this is going to be weird like i don't i don't i don't get it like you could have just done this live action and if you want to do an animated one so bad you literally have charles martinet right there who has been doing the voice for 20 plus years yeah, I mean, who knows? Now we need to talk about. There's only one good, you know, Mario property outside of the gaming, and that is the Super Mario Super Show. That show was dope. I was about to say, if you talk about the the original movie again after after last time, like that's that's when your internet lag was real bad. I don't think we should do that again. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen it, I think it's on Amazon Prime. The Super Mario Super Show, such a fantastic show with Captain Lou. Oh yeah, it's so good. It's so good. I, I remember growing up with that, and, and it was like, yeah, check it out. Amazon Prime, Super Mario Super Show. It's half half a cartoon, half a real life show. And hey, the casting was actually pretty good for that too. I mean, Captain Lou doing anything is pretty good. So yeah, but I just it it I get why they're doing Mario, but like Mario is not the first one. Like I could see them making a Zelda movie, and a Zelda movie would make sense because those characters don't really have voice actors to begin with. Well, it depends. Like, if if you wanted to do a movie in terms of the animation, like, Mario does make sense. Because that is your flagship. My brain goes, if you really wanted to to test the waters with movies on your franchises, Metroid really should be your first bet. Yeah, but Metroid's pretty niche and pretty dark. Like, I feel like Metroid would benefit almost from, like, a live-action movie. That's the point, though. It's a way to test the waters. Yeah, but once again, it's pretty niche. Like... I don't know. I, I feel like Zelda is the nice, like it's got the cash of, Oh, I know that that's legend of Zelda. Like that's the, where, where Zelda goes and saves the princess. I, I think, and, I think you severely underestimate how many nerds would see a Metroid movie and go, Oh shit. Yeah. But I think in the Venn diagram, 
anyone who would go see a Metroid movie will also go see a Legend of Zelda movie. Well, it really depends on like I this is why I know they're doing the Mario movie the way they are. They're just looking for cash. Like it's not it's not anything about a passion project. There's nothing about the future of it that they're interested in. They're not trying to do mm-hmm. like some massive like universe like everybody else is trying to do. They just yeah. want money now because there's no way that with a project with the cast list that they're doing that they're trying to do anything other than just making a shit ton of money, which don't get me wrong. I get it. That's what a business is trying to do. But as a fan on the outside, I'm thinking, you know, there are better ways to do it because we've seen franchises like you literally had Detective Pikachu, which went really well. You mm-hmm. have obviously the example of Sonic the Hedgehog, and I know we're going to be seeing trailers sometime soon for the new movie. So like... There is some of somewhat of a, predis- a, a, a precedent yes. set. Jeez, I almost said president. I'm like, no, that's not. <laughs> that is not what I meant. There's a precedent yep. set, and I think that this specific project, like, I'm sure that when I see a trailer, I'll probably go, okay, this might actually be kind of entertaining. But in my head, everything that's in that's going on is all red flags. I'm not thinking of anything that makes me want to see this movie because everything in my head screams cash grab and makes me feel like it's not going to be like an actual good watch unless you're just there for nostalgia value, in which case there are a million other ways to get nostalgia value out of Mario. Yeah, I feel like it was a it was a weird choice to just come out and announce who is the actors without giving us anything so now yeah, i feel like if they had put a trailer after that that would have might have saved it but because yeah, they, they just said tra- the cast it just made everybody yeah. go why yeah exactly i kind of feel like i imagine that there are people who are doing this who are taking it seriously and they're not like these are not actors who are cheap so they're dropping some cash and i'm assuming that if they're going to pay that kind of money they're going to get people who will do a good job and that's the point of audition so I kind of feel like you need to show us why these characters are just to say, Hey, Chris Pratt's Mario. It's not going to sell it for us. And it didn't at the very least, like somebody should have gotten a hold of Chris Pratt and say, Hey, can you give us what your voice for Mario is going to be? Just so people can <laughs> shut the hell up about it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and then the last big thing that came out of the Nintendo direct was the expansion of the switch online experience. So I'm just going to read this straight from uh, Alex Stedman at IGN. Uh, so Nintendo is set to expand its Switch Online with new membership offerings, classic Sega Genesis and Nintendo 64 games as part of the subscription with the new plan. Revealed as part of uh, September's Nintendo Direct, the Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion plan will arrive in late October. Subscribers can continue with their existing plan or add the expansion to their plan. The expansion includes all features of the base plan, along with the new edition of N64 games and the Sega Genesis games. The N64 games available at the Switch Online launch include Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi Story, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Winback Covert Operations, Dr. Mario 64, Sin and Punishment, and Mario 64. Future N64 games include Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Snap, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Kirby 64, The Crystal of Shards, Mario Golf, Paper Mario, and F-Zero X. Uh, Adam, real quick, what do you uh, what do you think of this expansion and the games that they're offering? Let's start first. Do you think it's fair for Nintendo to charge more for these games? Absolutely fucking not, because you can do that for free on a goddamn emulator. Mm-hmm. This, this is where I'm going to start having bones to pick. I'm like, no, from anyone that I know that owns a Switch, 
all of them tell me that they don't subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online because it's an absolute waste of money. Mm-hmm. In the same vein that, like, I know we're going to talk about it later, but, like, I don't know anybody that has a PS Now subscription because it's kind of a waste. It's the same with Switch Online, where it's like, why would I get this? And now Nintendo's got the gall to say, hey, we're going to now have another version of this. It's going to cost even more. And the only thing we've announced for it so far is that it's going to come with emulated games on it. Mm-hmm. You can tell me, like, there's some cool stuff on there. Look, I'm really, really impressed that of all the things they put in the Sega package, Fantasy Star 4 is on there. That's kind of impressive. I'll give, I'll give you some props for that. But I don't think it's worth paying extra money to play it. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreements with you, too. Like, it's hard because I don't feel like the service is great, but they're also charging, like, what, 20 bucks a year? So, like, it's not expensive for for what they're offering. But even then, spending that kind of money for basically just playing 20-plus-year-old games, just it seems like kind of a waste, too. But you're playing them on, on your Switch, which, once again, comes out with that portable, so now you can play, you know, Super Mario World wherever you are. And so I can kind of get the appeal of that. But I feel like Nintendo needs to like their selection needs to be better because a lot of the games that they come out with aren't great. And then, you know, some of them constantly disappear. So I think they need to they have a massive collection. I think having their N64 games is great. Can I see a justification? Yeah, a little bit, because the price is once again pretty cheap. But I feel like the games that they need to have also need to be more permanent and stay longer. I don't think they can have a rotating list of games. I think it should be. We're just going to constantly be adding games to the service as we go. Can I be an asshole and ask a pertinent question? What stopped you before? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm a, a customer of Nintendo, or if I'm somebody trying to look in purchasing a Switch, and I see that they have an online subscription, and they're about to announce a more expensive version that, as of this moment only contains older games from like many many generations ago Hmm. as a customer what does that tell me about nintendo's present library that they're raising the price to an online service for past generational content and not having nothing anything to do with the present because here is playstation guys we're getting set for potentially a more expensive version of PlayStation Plus that may incorporate apps like Netflix or Crunchyroll or anything to sort of that scenario. And yet Nintendo's doing the same thing right now, and the only thing they seem to be offering at this point are old, really old games. So my question is, why should I have to pay anything like that when essentially you're asking me to pay more for stuff that was in the past? It seems yeah. like a like if Sony came out and said, "Hey, we're going to give you guys PlayStation Plus, but if you pay us another $10 a month, here's a small select few PlayStation 2 games." We're not talking the entire Super Nintendo library. We're not talking the entire N64 or Sega Genesis library. We're talking what, 12 games? Mm-hmm. You tell me that's worth any amount of money? Sure, you might add some more down the road, but what's that number? PlayStation was supposed to add a bunch of their PS2 library. And they put a bunch on, and then they added a few and a few, and then it stopped. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm sitting there thinking, like, unless that cost is, like, I don't know, two bucks more a year, I don't see how this is anything of intrinsic value and how it says anything other than Nintendo has nothing to offer you, so they're digging into their backyard catalog in the past to try to get you to keep spending money with them. 
Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm torn. I don't think it's great that they're just adding like, hey, here's more more classic games. Like I feel like that should be part of the you know catalog that you get when you get the the system. But at the same time, it is so inexpensive right now that it's not like unless it doubles or triples in price, that's an issue. But if it's an extra five dollars, I don't know. But it's, then, it's, but then, my honest broken. ask will be: Give it's, me more than twelve games. Like, oh, if you if if you're gonna make me pay even more money on top of what I'm already paying for emulated games, give me like a hundred. Give me minimum a hundred games. Like, stop giving us this weird thing where like they showed us this tiny ass list. Like, it's such a big deal. I'm like, dude, I can play Sonic Two on a million other things. I don't need your mm-hmm. Switch for this. And as again, from a guy on the outside, I look at this and think it's fucking embarrassing. Maybe mm-hmm. as a Switch customer, I would have thought differently. I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Now I can play some of these games on Switch. But as somebody who doesn't own one, I'm sitting there being like, wait, you want me to A, buy your console, B, pay way too much money for games that are multi-years old, and now you want me to pay extra every year just to play your 20-plus-year-old catalog? Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta be honest, you're, you're, you're kind of convincing me like, yeah, this is kind of, yeah. Like, as far as I'm concerned, if they just announced, hey, we're adding these things to the current light, like the oh, current, the current that, yearly thing, then we'd have a whole different conversation right now. Because be that's run. what I thought it was. Honestly, I watched the direct hours before we recorded the show because I hadn't yet. I just saw the news that they were adding N64 and Genesis games. And I'm like, that's cool. And then I, lit, I watched the whole direct and I heard them saying, oh, here's an extra expansion pass on our on our subscription service by the way expansion pass on a subscription service what the hell are we coming to we call it season pass oh yeah that makes it so much better why don't we just call it nintendo switch online dlc yeah like i i as soon as i heard that every like every bit of excitement suddenly just turned to anger i'm like are you fucking kidding me you're gonna make people pay more to play genesis games like, let that sink in, Nintendo fans. Nintendo is asking you to pay more to play games from a prior competitor that you beat. Mm-hmm. We're on the console war train, by the way. You're a Nintendo fan. Don't you hate your competition? Oh, you're okay with paying more money to play the competition? That's an interesting idea. I'm so, I'm I'm being an absolute prick right now, but I don't care. This this is so I dumb. Tell, to I can me. tell you're fired up. I'm a uh, I'm a little annoyed. Let's 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 calm you down a little bit. Um, so they they announced games. What games? What games have they not announced that, that were on the N sixty four that you hope? Let's say once again they don't charge for the expansion. They hear you and they're like, Adam was right. We're not going to charge more. And they say we're going to release it. What are some of the N sixty four games that you would like to see them port over to the Switch? I forget the list. I'm going to try to pull it up right now. But but was Pokemon Stadium among any of them? Pokemon Stadium was not. So I'll give you the list one more time. Super Mario sixty four. Mario Kart 64. I'm gonna stop saying 64 just as you <laughs> Star Fox, Yoshi's Story, The Legend of Zelda, uh, Ocarina of Time is immediate, and then Majora's Mask is coming. Win Back Covert Operations, Dr. Mario, Sin and Punishment, Mario Tennis, and then Banjo Kazooie, Pokemon Snap, Majora's Mask, Kirby the Crystal Shards, Mario Golf, Paper Mario, and F Zero X. At that point, give me give me your top three. What are the top three games you would like to see them add? Well, I mean, like like I said, Pokemon Stadium would be at least one of them. Agreed. Um, at that point, I would pull way off the edge and go to Jet Force Gemini, which was a really really fun game. And then after that, I mean, I guess Goldeneye. 
Yep, that's another good one. Yeah, I mean, Perfect I Dark like... as well, but I'm I'm trying to figure what licensing issues might be for those now. Hey, Banjo Kazooie's on there, and that's a that's a retro game. That's true. Or sorry, rare game. That's a rare game. But I guess Nintendo yeah. reached in and went like straight to like their stuff first, which makes sense. Yeah, I feel like if they no Perfect Dark is not. Did I say Perfect Dark? No, I don't no, think Perfect Dark is not on there. No, no. So I'd say yeah. I'd say probably Perfect Dark or GoldenEye. If I was doing a proper top three, it's basically Pokemon Stadium, Perfect... Actually, no, GoldenEye and then Perfect Dark, because I think Perfect Dark is actually better than GoldenEye, but that would be my top three. Perfect Dark is better than than GoldenEye, but, I mean, GoldenEye was so revolutionary. For me, I'm just taking a quick look. There's a lot of hard ones, I feel like. Yeah. Like, there's, like, Star Wars Pod Racing, which is, like, so good. 1080 cool 1080 uh snowboarding was good as well for gemini i think for me i'm gonna have to go pokemon stadium donkey kong 64 and diddy kong racing all right and and to pick one game to make people suffer on superman 64 yeah (laughs) it's honestly i bet you it'll happen there's also like star wars shadow of the empire like that one is one i never played but i'd love to it's actually really good I remember playing like WWF No Mercy. I had a babysitter who loved wrestling and she had WWF No Mercy. And I remember playing that. Oh, there's like Harvest Moon 64. There's no Mario Party games. Yeah. Like, oh, see, I feel like now they're starting to get to like my nostalgia where it's like, yeah, I want to play these games. Uh, Not for an extra amount of money. I I don't. (laughs) Yeah. That's what emulators are for. I mean, totally (laughs) legal ways of playing video games. Yes, of course. (laughs) playing on your original consoles ladies and gentlemen let's know uh shoot us up on uh on wow that's not what i meant hit us up on twitter or uh, on twitter let us know what you thought of the nintendo direct uh what games you'd like to see or if you're watching us on youtube leave a comment below what did you think of the conference did it sell you on a switch and what would you like to see come to the nintendo online expansion what games are missing in your opinion can i make one quick thing just before that because we did because we didn't touch on it uh i've he- i've heard through the grapevine aka i read articles online that uh the first bit of metroid dread that people have been able to play so far is terrifying oh yeah i hope it which is, is very interesting because to, to think like to think of like an actually like stressing like almost horror like 2d sort of like game was very is very intriguing to me Oh, well, I like the original uh, well not the original but super metroid was pretty eerie and uh little creepy when it was when it came out like i remember playing that game and it was definitely darker than like the other games that well i i gotta admit like the trailer they showed off these weird robot things that they have in the game they actually look kind of like terrifying in the way that they move yeah all right switching gears over let's talk about our console of choice playstation so dual shockers uh ferris ruhi uh released an article saying that ps5 games on playstation now may soon be a reality uh, i'm not going to read the entire article but just long and short of it is just when the playstation now system was set up it was designed primarily for ps3 architecture and then eventually ps4 architecture uh, and unfortunately the playstation 5 is a little bit too quick for it and so we're saying that the system may not be able to download games however recent patent uh, might suggest that they are so they argue that uh so I'm going to go through the quote. Um, what they're saying is that um, the way that Sony handles the PlayStation now, it's not really working. 
uh, with this thing. So what they said is starting with the PS4, Sony was committing to a more common architecture that would e be easier to account for and emulate in the future, which we now have now seen bear fruit with backwards compatibility on the PlayStation 5. At the same time, though, Sony could not anticipate that the PS5 would be shipping with an insanely fast SSD drive and hence does not have the servers prepared for PS5 games on PlayStation Now. So essentially the PlayStation moves too quickly for a streaming service for PS5 games on the service saying that the new patent that they've created might help that uh this new patent addresses the aspect of the ps5 streaming and maybe future proofing for ps6 so what is this patent so the recently published sony patent for ultra high speed low latency network reveals the ongoing work to enable streaming for ps5 games on playstation now the patent is specifically about using the multiple nvme drives the kind of storage the playstation 5 network uh, uses together network together for the purpose of streaming um, so basically what they're looking to do is just create a patent that will maximize the storage that the PlayStation 5 has in order to allow them to stream these games. Um, the system will also be able to keep track of specific data blocks on each of the drives, which essentially, which is essential for some PS5 exclusive games to function. Knowing where these blocks are and accessing them directly are a big part of why native PS5 games can load things faster in the PS4. Uh, seeing as all these aspects covering the specific, specific requirements for PS5 games indicates Sony is actively working on bringing PS5 games on PlayStation Now, but it also shows some smart thinking in the future past the PS5. So, Adam, how integral is it for PlayStation Now to stream PlayStation 5 games? At this moment, I don't think it's that big a deal because the library isn't really big enough to be like a, a, you know, a selling point because, I mean, I imagine most people that are going to be playing these games are only going to have a PS5 to do it. So at this point, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to do it otherwise. I mean, there's so much of a library with PlayStation 4 still to go, and PS Now is such a barren library more often than not that, I mean, sure, they might add a PS5 game here and there, but realistically, is it going to be Horizon Forbidden West right away? Not. It's not going to be like Game Pass. It's not going to be in that direction. So for the most part, it's going to be what PlayStation Now has been for a long time. It's going to be something that... You know, if you, if you have the internet that can handle the streaming, I guess it's kind of cool, but the lag is always an issue. Controller input sometimes is an issue. And with the way that their libraries always worked, I mean, sure, there's some cool games that eventually get put onto it, but it's well after it's already been out. So more often than not, you've likely played those games. So unless you're just really late to the party, a lot of the time PlayStation now just feels like a too little, too late kind of service for most people. So I don't know. Like if they put... Yeah. Let's say they put like returnal or demon souls or, or spider-man miles morales on it i don't sit here and tell you that playstation now is suddenly worth buying i don't think it matters still to this point i feel like they're in a weird spot where they're not as current as xbox is with game pass but they're not as retro as they can compete with the nintendo uh online system that we just talked about for me i'm gonna come across as the sony shill here and I don't know if they need to stream PS5 games. Like, I feel like they're taking a different path where Microsoft is trying to be accessible and, you know, game like an ecosystem for everyone, no matter the situation. I feel like Sony went the route of a premium experience and their games reflect that. Like Sony games are a premium experience at a premium price. And I don't know if I want to be playing it on a streaming service that is going to downgrade you know the graphics the, the fidelity um so for me i don't know if 
it necessarily needs it. Like the people who are going into PlayStation are going in for that premium experience. And I don't know. I, I feel like it's a different strategy from what Microsoft went. And I don't know if they necessarily need to have the streaming service for their PS5 games. It's to the point now that I'm really just have to keep asking the question, like what is the point of having this, this subscription unless you're really interested in being able to play, you know, without having to, purchase games or without you know having to worry about like massive file sizes on your console or i guess like you can play it on on other devices but i i just i don't see why the service needs to be like if i feel like sony is is losing a lot of money wasting time trying to get this thing figured out when they could have easily just done what nintendo kind of does with their retro um their retro gallery and just try to figure out a way to emulate a bunch of like older PS one and PS two games and charge like a very, very small fee for it. I'd still hate it too, because like I just have a Nintendo, it would, it's, it's just really dumb to have to make people pay for stuff that is so freaking old. But at the same time, it's like, look, it'd be better than PlayStation now at this point, because I don't know what damn person that uses it. I'm sure there are some that do, and I'm sure there are some that love it, sure. but like anybody that I know, whether it's owning a PS four or a PS five is just, sat there and asked the same question it's like why would i ever get this subscription yeah and and like i'm the i think i'm the bigger sony fanboy on this show and even for me the appeal of like i don't have an interest in getting into playstation now but i think if it was one of those things where hey there are old games in the library that you may not have played and if you want to get in and try it this is how you do it like i end up playing journey on that but there's a bunch of other games that i never played and never tried and if they did sort of like a hey monthly fee here's our backlog or as much as we can do it in terms of ps1 ps2 ps3 games oh nuts i'm all for that like i think that makes sense yeah i think they just need um, to get rid of it only being a streaming service because realistically xbox game pass has figured it out by having older games on there that you can just for a monthly fee you're able to just get and and hmm. be able to download and not have to worry about input lag or actual frame rate lag and anything like that. That honestly, the couple of times I've tried to play PlayStation now, because I remember when it was initially out, I tried it for about a month and even playing like PS3 games, I'm sitting here being like, this feels off and I don't like it. And I tried the same with, with xCloud, you know, not too long ago. And I felt the exact same way. I just don't know that unless i have like a really strong internet connection and even like i think i thought that i had a really good connection i have a hundred down 10 up and i it still doesn't feel like it's remotely enough so i don't know i i think the idea of streaming services is like it's nice to have the framework now i guess maybe in the future it'll be a lot more useful but like the especially with playstation 5 games like man it's not as simple as just i don't know it, it just feels like it's it's something that just for like the vast majority of gamers it just seems like a pointless endeavor. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like, like I said, you're not going to get that full. You're not going to get the full experience that you would if you had the, the game locally on your disc or on your hard drive ready to go. And so I don't know if it really benefits from streaming it that way. And like I said, I don't. Yeah, it, it, I don't have great Internet here and I played Journey. Journey's not a demanding game. It's not a quick reflex. It's a pretty chill game. And even I was like, this isn't fantastic experience. Like it's chugging, it's lagging, it's pixelated. Like it's fine. It's serviceable, but it's not a situation I'd pay for. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating because you like with Game Pass doing what it's doing, you want 
PlayStation have something competitive against it, but it just feels like it's one of those things that like Sony is competing with games and Microsoft is competing with with value. And it just seems like there's no way to get like a bridge between the two. It just seems like Sony is going to stick to what they're doing. And PlayStation now, like for what feels like 95% of its of its player base, just it's going to pass them by. Yeah, the only time I could see PlayStation now being a benefit would be to add it as a as an addition to PlayStation Plus. You know, make PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus one service. You know, this is where you're going to play your old games that you can't play anymore or that you maybe never did play, but it's not going to be your streaming service like Game Passes. Yeah, and if even if they were like putting it together in like a special package, I'd still be like I'm not touching it unless I can download these games because streaming just right now just makes no sense because the input lag is such a pain in the ass. Yeah. I I completely agree with you. I don't know. I just, I don't know if they necessarily need it. I feel like they're PlayStation and Xbox are going down two different roads and I don't know if they necessarily need to compete with each other. I don't even know if really anybody in their player base is even asking for more stuff. With I don't even know if anybody's really talking about it. That's the thing with PlayStation now, right? Like, I don't know anybody that says a word about it. I don't think it's that people are talking about PlayStation now. I think that people are talking about why they talk about Xbox Game Pass and why Microsoft doesn't or why PlayStation doesn't have something, you know, comparable. And I think I don't think it's people saying they want PlayStation Plus uh, or sorry, PlayStation now, but it's just that they don't that that playstation doesn't have something to match xbox does i mean we won't get anything to that extent there's no way you're going to see horizon forbidden west free if you have this you know this subscription every month Mm. but i could i I could honestly see a system where they're like okay after 12 months we'll add it to the list some like somewhere down the road like i could see that and maybe it would make sense but like they're they're not going to be remotely like you'll be lucky if they give you half the value that game pass does if they ever decided to do something similar because yeah. they don't need to i don't know i don't need to yeah it's not their shtick anyways guys let us know if you are interested in the playstation now streaming ps5 games are we totally off base are we out of touch with the kids uh like i said you guys can let us know through twitter or by commenting on this video if you're watching us on youtube uh adam Let's wrap it up with a untimely review. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, I have completed Hades. So I'm going to provide you with our untimely review of the game. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are too, uh, too broke and too not important to games get our games free ahead of time. So we bring you games on our own dime, on our own time, when we can, making them untimely reviews. So this week we're going to be reviewing Hades. Uh, Adam, what a game. I am not a roguelite person by any means. The only game I've ever played in this genre would be, I think I played Rogue Legacy, and I like that game, but I never finished it. Hades hit a switch. I loved it. it. The game just has the perfect loop in terms of what it does. So if you're not familiar, you are playing as the son of Hades trapped in the underworld, and you are trying to escape you travel through a bunch of different levels of the underworld facing different demons and bosses as you fight your way up there there's a bunch of different weapons and different styles and what makes what the unique hook is of the game is that you are each time you're going through hell you can get different boons from gods and so what these are are bonus skills so you can get skills from aphrodite Ares, zeus poseidon dionysus each one has a different sort of flavor 
And so as you go through, these gods are giving you blessings. So each run is slightly different depending on the skills and the benefits that you pick up along the way. Uh, if you die, you lose all those um, special abilities and powers from the gods and you start back at the beginning like you would with a roguelite. Now, what this doesn't mean that you're back to square one. Um, in this game, you get uh, darkness and this is, allows you to do things like regenerate your health and how much damage you do a bunch of different abilities that way so each one it does really well is i feel like i never feel like i was wasting time by complete by by doing runs every run i felt a little bit stronger a little bit better getting a little bit further ahead so the first few runs i was dying left right and center pretty quickly you know what after about five or ten runs i was starting to clear the first level no problem i, I got to the point where i wasn't dying at all one issue with the game is I feel like they don't really explain that boon system and like the leveling up very well. I feel like there's a lot of things I wasn't sure what to do. And I ended up watching some YouTube videos on terms of what things do and, you know, how the game functions and the mechanics. So I feel like in terms of onboarding and teaching and tutorializing, it could have done a little bit better there. But once you get into the rhythm and you know what you're doing, it is a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it, it's rewarding the player for playing it. And I find that the voice acting is done very well as well. So Zagreus is your main character and he doesn't sound annoying. He's got this little posh kind of attitude chip on his shoulder sound, which is kind of good. It's done really well. And then all the gods sound amazing. Story, you know, it's a roguelite. So the story is not the key driving force of the game. But I was engaged enough that I was following along with it. I do feel that the ending or, you know, the first time you get out of hell isn't as satisfying at, or rewarding. Uh, they kind of have a story mechanic to justify you going back and doing the loops over and over again in different challenges. But I felt like having this great accomplishment that I had beaten the final boss, I felt like it was not satisfying enough for me as the player that, hey, I accomplished this, and then I kind of felt cheated in terms of what the end result was. Gameplay and controls feel great. I love the weapons, I love the gameplay. Um, feels great it looks great on the system the art style is amazing and it just it looks so clean and sharp on the playstation 5 and the soundtrack soundtrack is probably one of the best things about this game uh i'm going to admit that i've been listening to it at work it's got this awesome kind of different styles of music but this heavy metal kind of theme to it and yeah the the music is awesome and i've really enjoyed it throughout the game and even listening to it outside of it uh, in terms of difficulty, I didn't find that the game was too hard um, until I got towards the final boss and I kind of felt the end that I was kind of burning, like I was kind of not making any progress. I was able to get to the final boss and just kept getting my ass handed to me. That being said, there is an option for you to put on what is known as God mode and this kind of lowers the difficulty of your skills. I never had to use it, but I was kind of contemplating it at one point or another. If you follow us on Twitter, you saw me kind of going back and forth with some of our listeners about I should turn on God mode. So it is there if you find that you are hitting roadblocks in terms of the 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 experience. So overall, I really like Tades. I fully recommend it, even to people who are not roguelike players. Uh, it's definitely a good game, and I think it's coming in at like forty bucks regular, a little bit more for in Canada. I think it's forty nine in Canada. Awesome game. I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. I don't think I'm going to keep playing it after I got through my first run through of the game like there is a narrative to kind of justify you playing it over and over again but i don't know if i'm compelled enough to keep doing more and more runs and kind of going through that 
I feel like I've kind of beaten the game. I've gotten what I want out of it and I'm good now. So yeah, great game. I definitely recommend getting this if you are interested at all in this. If it's interesting to you in a slight little bit, thoroughly recommend it. I'm going to give it, you know, 8.5 out of 10. But yeah, Adam, any questions, any thoughts? Anything I wasn't clear on in terms of the review that I can kind of just, I can. No, it's, it's definitely one of those games that I'm definitely going to be taking a look at at some point. I know it's on Game Pass right now, so it's one of those things that I'm definitely going to be checking out at some point i mean it was a game of the year nominee so you know it'd be i'd be remiss if i wasn't at least taking a look at something like that that's getting that kind of attention so especially one of an of an indie caliber rather than being a triple a game so yeah this doesn't feel like an indie game at at all and it definitely deserves that game of the year that it got last year i know i don't know what we're going to do for our game of the years because we don't necessarily play all the games that come out brand new but if we're doing you know this is one of the best if not the best game that i've played so far this year and I'm loving it, so. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely something I've got my eye on. And, uh, you know, if I don't get around to it to Game Pass, I'm sure someday I'll get around to it on Steam or something like that. But at least for the time being, it's 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 one of those things where it's like, I got to get to play that at some point. Yeah. And if you aren't playing it or don't plan on it, and as soon as this podcast is over, go onto YouTube, find the soundtrack, and just listen to the soundtrack because it is so good. Super it's Giant awesome Games soundtrack. are always great for soundtracks. Every single yeah. one of them have been fantastic for that. And this one is no different than the other one. So check it out. It's got some really cool ideas there. Give it a listen. Yeah, that's my untimely review for Hades. Awesome. And I think that concludes our show. So ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much. We hope it was good for you. It was definitely good for us. If you're one of our regulars, thank you so much for listening, supporting us. We'd greatly appreciate if you leave us reviews, likes, comments. You know, we'd love to hear from you guys and share us with your friends and family. If they're interested in gaming, it's, you know, we're pretty proud of this product. And we hope that you guys are proud enough to share it with your friends and family as well. Once again, if you do want to be part of the show, you can email us at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com. Email us your questions, your comments. If there's a story you want us to cover, let us know. We're happy to talk about it here. If you want to reach out to us more instantaneously, you can now find us on Twitter and Instagram by searching pixelplaycast or reaching out to us via Discord. We have that Discord channel. I've sent it out the links out in Instagram and Twitter, so you can find us there, and we'll put it in our link tree as well. Uh, yeah, and you can always find us wherever you get your podcasts or by searching for us on YouTube by searching Pixel Play Podcast. Pixel Play being all one word. But Adam, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Last of Us is bad. We're going to wrap it up there, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, before Adam says anything else <laughs> that he truly doesn't actually mean. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye for now.